0: To get you in the holiday mood, this week we present a show from the Archive originally recorded in December of 2008. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program and happy holidays. It's the most wonderful time of the year and we're going to talk about the idea of a career in real estate. Have we lost our minds? No, we think there's great opportunity and we'll talk about lots of things you could consider if you want to make a career in the real estate industry. This is the Real Estate Guys radio network. Banks are taking back lots of property these days, and they want to get rid of them fast. To do that, they sell them cheap. That's the good news. But they can't afford to sell you one at a time. That's the bad news. Now, here's the great news. You can get plugged into a steady source of affordable fixer-uppers to feed your real estate investing business without having to buy them by the dozen. Get a copy of the free report, Buying Value Profiting from Distressed REO Properties. Send an email to wholesale at realestateguysradio.com or call our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 105. Get plugged into bargain properties all over the U.S. Call 888-510-6838, extension 105, or email wholesale at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. It is our holiday edition of the Real Estate Guys show and you guys look great in those red fuzzy sweaters. Uh, What guys you ask? Well, let's meet him. Our co-host and uh, financial strategist Russell Gray.
1: I'm doing my Santa impersonation.
0: I see it and uh, so are you, Bob. It's our our godfather of real estate. We'll call him Santa today, Bob Helms.
1: Looking forward to
0: that
2: big tummy filling turkey
0: yes indeed it's uh, it is the season and uh, even though uh, you know the economy woes uh, have us uh, you know maybe feeling different than we have in, in past years it is the uh, the most wonderful time of the year and uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning into the real estate guys today what we thought we'd do just to be different so the topic we haven't covered in, in many years uh, and if you've been listening for for more than five years then we've already heard us talk about this but I think the I think the playing field has changed uh, we're gonna talk about career opportunities in the real estate industry if you are looking for a change, or maybe you weren't looking but you had one handed to you, you've been a dehired, for instance, or you're just thinking about, uh, you know, how to take advantage of the changes in the economy. I think there's some real um, opportunity in the real estate space, so that's what uh, we're going to talk about on today's program. So I think the, the big thing to talk about is, is before we get into kind of the specific niches and some of the the pros and cons, is you got to get in touch with what your core competencies and skill sets are. There's a lot of different parts of the real estate industry, like in any industry, some of them are very right brain. Some of them are very left brain. Uh, some are salaried positions. Some are a hundred percent commissioned. Uh, there's different working hours, all kinds of things you, you got to think about. So the first thing is obviously what, what you're wanting to accomplish, but a lot of folks who are investing in real estate, I mean, this is how you got started, Bob, right? You became an investor in real estate while you had another job. And then before long, real estate became your vocation.
2: Yeah. And I never planned that. I didn't think I was going to be a realtor. Why would I want to do that? I was an engineer going along, having a great time. And, uh, In fact, one of the things that got me excited about it, I had a neighbor who had opened a new store and kept trying to get me to come and work real estate. I said, well, I already have a job. Yeah, but you can do it part-time. You'll like it. You'll be good at it. Eventually, I thought, well, you know, why don't I try this? I was working for a company on an electronics job that only took about three days a week, realistically. It didn't matter what I did. That's all the business they were interested in. So I was interested. I tried it. I got a little excited because I had an investment mentality. First property I sold was a sixplex. That's not how most people begin in this game, but it did intrigue me. And I stayed at that part-time, and guess what happened? My electronics job dried up, and I now had a decision to make. Do I go look for another one, or am I really having a good time doing real estate? I had already proved I'd been at it long enough that I knew I could probably make a living at it, and... That's the way it began, and I've been doing it ever since.
0: So on the real estate brokerage side is where uh, Bob sits. Uh, Russ, you got into uh, the industry a little different way, but uh, also there were some similarities.
1: I did, yeah, I did. I was working in corporate sales, and um, the company that I was working for was kind of a small mom-and-pop company privately held, and then they sold. And when they sold, new management came in, and me and new management didn't get along real well. And uh, so I decided that I'd always been interested in real estate Uh, as an investor. I was always interested in financial things and I had some ideas about things I wanted to do in that space. And so I decided to start a mortgage company. And the reason I chose the mortgage side of things is because I felt like it played a little bit better to my natural inclinations. I like crunching numbers and spreadsheets and strategies a lot more than I like kicking dirt and going out in the field. And plus, uh, Robert can tell you from just me driving around, I tend to get lost going in my own neighborhood, so I wouldn't make a very good real estate agent. Uh, And so I started a mortgage company, and the main reason for me in doing that was I really wanted to get intimate with financing. I wanted to understand how the financing packages and the deals got done, and I became especially enamored of creative financing, Uh, And so I thought the best place to start would be in conventional financing, and then I would build bridges of relationship, make contacts, get some experience, and I could branch out from there. And sure enough, that's what happened.
0: Well, and and really, if you think about it, there's some key reasons why you might want to consider a career that is based in real estate if you're a real estate investor. Some of it is that you already have some skill sets and some education and some knowledge about it. And, and another opportunity is that, the, you know, to your point, Russ, if you get really educated and really good at part of the, the industry, like the, the loan business, then you, you become a better investor for that. I think a lot of the various vocations we'll talk about today have that, uh, that in common. For instance, I'm as, as a real estate developer, my weakest part of my portfolio is my understanding of construction, Uh, I was never a contractor, never building. I'm not sure which end of the hammer to use, right? That's not my expertise. And so my partner has a construction background, which makes it a a lot easier, right? Because she understands ground up construction in every way, shape, or form. Uh, What she doesn't have a background in is sales, and so that's kind of where my background is. And, and so, you know, you, you kind of look at where, where are my skill sets. There are things that you're doing already that might lead to a great vocation in real estate. Having some of those things that you talked about, Russ, like being interested in numbers and understanding spreadsheets, those are great skill sets. A lot of the skills you already uh, are you going to need, you may already have.
2: Thinking back to how you began in the business, Robert, you weren't really excited about or planning
0: to be a realtor. Um, I think that the term we use is hostage. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was uh, I got hired to do overnight radio. Can you believe I was going to be on the radio? And uh, I got hired to do that in uh, in the market where where I was, and it was my dream job working at the local rock and roll radio station, doing the midnight to seven thirty a.m. shift for minimum wage. Or there was an opportunity to uh, work uh, in a new housing development where I would get paid more than double minimum wage per hour. The only catch was I had a real estate license. And so I looked around and I thought, well, how hard can that be? I mean, have you seen some realtors? <laughs> and, uh, and I was able to get my, my license and, and obviously uh, got mentored by my dad and his partner at the time and went from knowing nothing about real estate in that first summer babysitting open houses to knowing a ton about at least those houses. And that's where I learned uh, about construction and new homes and, and all that and just kind of you know, learned you, you, you build your portfolio. Someone comes in and they say, um, now what, tell me about the insulation here. Uh, was this R19? And I'd say I have no idea what R19 means. That's not what I'd say. I said, well, you know, I'm not sure. I'll find out and I'll, I'll get back to you. Can I get your number? And then I did an amazing thing. I actually followed up. I call back and I said, oh, Mr. Smith, yes, you had asked me about this. Well, I talked to the builder, and there's the answer. And a lot of times they go, wow, no one ever follows up, right? And so just by simply trying to appease clients, you, you start to learn more and more. And before you know it, you're 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 full on in a career.
2: You know, it's really funny because watching you do that, um, it wasn't an easy beginning for you. Because you had to sit on those open houses all day, every Saturday, every Sunday, and interestingly enough, how much money did we make out there doing that? Not a heck of a lot.
0: No, the whole key there was uh, the listings coming in, right? Just to, to be the backstage now that we're talking about our career is that if I if someone came into the open house and we sold them a house, we made a little bit of money, but where we really made money is if they had a house to sell, which was the case more often than it wasn't the case. And so that's where there was money. So now you start to think about, wow one of the epiphanies i got there is that i realized that people are much more excited about the house they're buying than the house they're selling. That may seem obvious, but i can't tell you how many real estate training programs are all about going to get the listing and really building up how great their house is and what the great value oh so you have a beautiful house that's interesting, right? They appreciate that. But what we're they're, what they're, what holds their attention is the house they're getting, right. not the one they're getting rid of. So you don't spend all your time with the, the prospect getting their mind around their house that they're selling. You help them position themselves mentally to get in the house that they're buying. Now, I want to
1: take a little step back, too, as you're beginning to approach this process. If you're sitting out there and you're wondering, hey, do I want to be in the real estate business? One of the decisions I had to make was, did I want to go to work for somebody else or did I want to own my own business? So a lot of times you have to start as an apprentice, especially with uh, a Department of Real Estate license, at least in the state of California, you've got to spend some time working with a broker until you can get your broker's license. In most states, yes. Yeah, in most states it's like that. So what I did was uh, I, I found a way through the licensing system to get licensed with the Department of Corporations and start a business right out of the gate because I really made the decision after having watched my company be sold and I ended up in a situation working for people that I really didn't care for, I didn't ever want that to happen to me again. It was a lot more responsibility responsibility. Now I was in charge of you know the entity formation and licensing and compliance and insurance and accounting and all these things I never had to think about when I worked for somebody else, uh, which I you know primarily was a salesperson and so I had to add to that being the salesperson everything else that I had to do. But that's one of the fundamental things that you need to decide because how you choose to go about it, whether you choose to affiliate with someone else, you know, in my case I went and looked for a partner who wanted to be in business with me as opposed to working looking for a place to go to work for. But who you choose to affiliate with and who you choose to surround yourself with will have a huge impact on whether you're successful or not successful. So you need to pick your environment very carefully.
0: Well, and also, what do you want to spend your time doing, right? What part of your working life do you want to devote to your real estate career? If you're an 8 to 5 person... Then title or lending or appraisal might be more interesting to you than if you're an anytime kind of person, right? Real estate, evenings and weekends, you need available. doesn't mean you don't work during the week, but it means that you don't have an eight to five job typically unless you want to be in commercial real estate, which is more following those hours. So part is what, what hours do I want to spend? What do I want to be doing with my time? Right, There are a lot of people that do tactical business. They they have things they want to do. They want to process work and paperwork and those kind of things and have a checklist. There are a lot of great real estate careers that have that element. Then there's people that are salespeople. Their whole deal is to go make deals happen, meet people, uh, go to lunch, golf those kind of things, and and that's where a lot of deals get done. So what kind of person are you? When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other things you should think about before you embark on a real estate career. And then we're going to go through uh, kind of a list of a lot of the different vocations you might consider and the pros and cons of each. You're tuned to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys.
1: Feeling outgunned when dueling through loan mod negotiations with your lender? Discover the underwater borrower's secret weapon and how you can make your loan modification your lender's idea. Get the special report by consumer advocate Martin Andelman. Send your request to analyze this at realestateguysradio.com. Don't go into your loan mod battle unarmed. Get the free report. Send your email to analyze this at realestateguysradio.com or visit the special reports page under resources at realestateguysradio.com. Hey
0: Russ, guess what? Uh,
1: The real estate market is hot again?
0: Oh, Russ, the real estate market is always hot if you know where to look. No, it's something even better. Really? What is it? Well, thanks to our amazing listeners, we continue to be one of the most downloaded real estate shows on iTunes week after week. That is great. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I thought we should let our listeners know that there's more to the Real Estate Guys than just our weekly broadcast. Yeah, like our
1: website at realestateguysradio.com, where they can read
0: our blog. Great start. And if they're still hungry for more, there's our Backstage Pass, with members-only access to additional content, backstage interviews, and our monthly audio mentoring club. Plus, Backstage
1: Pass members get priority access and special discounts to our live events, field trips, and the annual investor summit.
0: So come backstage, go to realestateguysradio.com, and click on the Backstage stage pass logo. You'll be glad you did.
3: Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com.
0: Happy holidays from the Real Estate Guys. We're talking this week about career opportunities in the real estate industry and maybe it's time for you to make a career change. Within or without the industry, if you're going to be a real estate investor, it might be some uh, uh, extra reason to uh, consider a career in, in real estate. Not that we're trying to persuade you in any way, but just kind of going through uh, the pros and cons. We talked about what do you want to spend your time doing is certainly a metric. And another side of that is who do you want to spend your time with? Who's your ideal client? Working with first-time buyers is very different than working with businesses that need to lease office space. And so part of that is your personality and your skill set. And part of it is where are you comfortable?
1: Yeah, that's huge. I came out of corporate sales, as I mentioned. And so uh, I decided when I went into the business, I didn't want to work with corporations because I had a bad experience in terms of the big companies getting consolidated. And I wanted to have a more diverse clientele. So great
0: business, though, if you're a commercial agent, it can, but be, anyway. it can
1: be great, it can be great. But it's also to a large degree, single point failure. Yeah. And so I wanted a little bit more diversity. So I decided focusing on investors made the most sense because I felt like they would be in the consumer space, which I wasn't comfortable with. But they would be more sophisticated, more serious, more business like, which I did feel more comfortable with. And I would be able to get the diversity I was looking for. So uh, that's what I ended up doing.
0: You know, I uh, read an article about a, a real estate agent whose clientele are movie stars. That's his niche. He's, the, he's kind of the agent of the stars. I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. I could set off and say that's the niche I want, but where do you start? <laughs> this guy is the son of a very famous film actress. And so he already is in that circle, knows a lot of those people, right? That's part of the key is where do you have your sphere of influence? If you know a lot of people and you're a gregarious out there person and you like to be social and all that, then sales could be a great side, whether it's in mortgages or, or development or, or real estate sales brokerage. If you're more of the problem solver and spreadsheet maker and you know I daughter and T crosser then maybe something a- along the lines of, of title escrow or the the underwriting side of the loan business those, those might be for you so part of it's what you want to spend your time doing and then are you looking for part-time or full-time it is possible in certain real estate industry vocations to start part-time as Bob you did as I did right we started part-time and kind of transitioned to full-time other areas it's hard to start part-time. It's really hard to start as a as a part-time appraiser. Because appraisal takes so much time to get licensed. That's that's another thing. Does the vocation you're choosing need a license? A lot of real estate jobs require licensing, whether it's through the Department of Real Estate in your state, the Department of Corporations, attorneys who have licensing, general contractors, appraisal, uh, professionals, a lot of different licensing requirements. But there's also parts of the industry that require no license whatsoever. And so maybe you have a license. Maybe you want to get a license. Maybe you're not interested in that. Another thing to ask uh, or, or to figure out is, is what how do I feel comfortable getting paid? Do I need to have a weekly paycheck, or might I consider a commission-based job, right? Real estate brokerage, real estate loans, commission, 100% commission in most cases. Sometimes a little draw, but usually a commission business. That's scary stuff. Real
2: scary stuff, and yet... It, it's the, the successful people in this business, the ones who make the big money, are indeed commissioned people. So one of the things to look at is, can I do a transition? How do I get started? How do I do an apprenticeship to get started in this business? One of the key things is for you to look for a mentor, but you got to decide where you're going. First of all, if you're going to sell houses, that's a great thing to do. That's what most realtors in America do. But there's a ton of them out there. In California, for example, there are over 500,000 licensed agents. That may not sound like much in a state with a 30 million population, but it's a lot. There are a lot more agents than are absolutely needed, and a lot of them don't make a successful career. So if we're talking about doing this, by that I mean... They're not financially successful. Why would you want to do this if there are people who aren't doing a
1: good job?
0: That doesn't sound like a lot to me. If you just do the math on that, right, that's one out of every 60 people as a licensee in California. Did I do the math right there, Mr. Spetchy? Um,
1: I would have to double check that with a calculator, but it sounds right. Six <laughs> times five is 30. Right. And then so, you just have to figure the zeros out. Yeah. There you go. It's well, my numbers 60 are approximate something numbers. Like that. Right. But, but no, me. right. Yeah. So,
0: so that's a lot because yeah. that means if people only move every five years, then only 12 and a half of those people are going to move and- that means there's one listing for everyone. I mean, that's that's tough. Well, Those if ever the Pareto
1: principle applied, <laughs> it's definitely in the real estate business because you got 99% of the money being made by like 1% of the people. I mean, it may not be that bad, but it's, it's pretty significant. So it's a very competitive field because it's a low barrier to entry. You know, one of the things that appeals to a lot of people about the business is it's big dollars. It's relatively small skill set in terms of credentialing. Uh, It's pretty easy to get in. You can start the business. You don't have to buy inventory, manufacturing equipment. Uh, You don't have to deal with a lot of the things that a normal business startup would have to do. And from an upside potential point of view on the commission side of things, there is the opportunity to make an awful lot of money if you're good. But because of that, it's very, very competitive, and you get a lot of also rands that come into the business, and unfortunately, you're guilty by associations. One of the greatest challenges in the real estate profession, and I don't care which which aspect of it you're in, is setting yourself apart as a professional in an industry that is populated by a lot of people that are less than professional. Good point. Which
2: is why I talked about mentoring. When you begin the business, it's not that difficult to get a license. But a license simply means you have a license to learn. It doesn't mean you've acquired all the skills you need. So you've got to decide who you're going to affiliate with from the point of view of what kind of environment is it? How can I learn the business? Because the essence of being competent in the business is to become confident. You need to learn what's going on. When you do, you'll find this isn't all that hard. You can look at employing your skills. What kind of skills might you bring to the job and education would be a good one most realtors out there actually this is a career in which the average realtor is of an older is older than over
0: 50 years old that's what i'm looking at yeah. a lot
2: of old-timers
0: Where so, the average first-time buyers in their 30s
2: so if you're a younger person looking at coming into this and you have some some skills that you can apply to it this will be an advantage what am i talking about computer skills for example If you're also multilingual, that's an amazing advantage to have as you come into this. If if you have an education (laughs) in finance, in economics, whatever educational things you bring will be very helpful to you. But what's important is you've got to target where you're going. So it's important that you look at career opportunities with different kinds of companies.
1: And I think part of it, too, you know, Kiyosaki talks all the time about choosing jobs for the education you're going to get. And, Bob, you were talking about choosing mentors and, and getting your education. It's not just the education you can get so you do a better job, which is important because you got to make a living. But if, like, for example, in my case, I had a desire to get more active as a real estate investor, And so the reason I chose to go down the path of working with investors wasn't just because I felt I'd be more comfortable with the demographic, not just because it played more to my interests personally and skills personally, but because it also was really a strategic part of where I wanted to go financially, and I knew that I needed to get in the business, I needed to get around successful people, and, you know, ironically, I mean, I heard Robert on the radio, and uh, that's how I got involved with the Real Estate Guys. I heard him on the Real Estate Guys radio show and went to a seminar, and uh, that's a whole interesting story, but, you know, here I am four years later as a co-host and partners and doing all kinds of things with him, but it all started with me uh, wanting to get into the business, starting a mortgage company, and then looking for a way to add value into a mentor's life to earn the right to spend time with them. And of course, in my case, it worked out real well.
0: Well, and you talk about the education part of it, and Kiyosaki a great point of that. I taught, as you know, college-level uh, appraisal classes for four years, and every beginning course, every the first day of class, right, I'd start out with anywhere between 40 and 100 potential students, and the first thing I did was to ask people why they were taking a class in appraisal. And in your typical class of 60 people, less than three people out of 60 across the board were actually interested in getting an appraiser's license or becoming an appraiser. The reasons were varied. Some of the reasons were, well, I want my real estate brokerage license and appraisal is one of the classes that counts in, in that state. Uh, some people were interested in being better real estate agents or brokers and understanding property valuations. Some people were in the lending field. But the overwhelming number one reason, the highest, higher than any other reason people took appraisal was general interest in real estate investment. They thought, if I'm going to be a real estate investor, then I want to understand financing and law and practices and principles and real estate appraisal. And so what you get during the process is as important, if not more important, than the salary. But you also got to make a living. Right, There was a very successful real estate agent in our office uh, that Bob and I knew who today is super, super successful, still works with her son. She went 18 months in the business without making a penny, a single commission. She had the ability because of her spouse to do that. It was great. Once she got her legs under her, she was wonderful. But how many people can start a new uh, vocation and, and go 18 months without a check? The appraisal business, for instance, is a hard part of the business. My friend Charlie Crapler says it's easier to get a machine gun on an airplane than it is to get an appraiser's license in California, <laughs> right? Because it's it, it's especially now two thousand hours of work studying under a general licensed appraiser to be able to qualify for your appraisals license. That's that's a ton, and because it's so competitive, a lot of those apprentice positions are either unpaid or paid really really low. So now, once you go through that. You probably have a, a a good career but but it's it's tough so how easy it is it is to get into the the business and 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 how difficult it is for instance, one of the great vocations there is i think in real estate is real estate attorney real estate attorneys make money in good times or bad times yeah, and great real estate attorneys are are worth their their weight in gold. Haven't met one yet, but no, just kidding. No, there they are. I mean, right? We have we. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, we retain a more than a dozen law firms throughout the world that specialize in real estate practice, and we've had the uh, the perspective, if you will, of dealing with a whole bunch of attorneys. And ones that are great are wonderful in so many ways. And yet, it's you can't just say, "Oh, I think I'll be a real estate attorney, and I'll start next week." Right? You got to have a law degree. You have to learn a specialty. I mean, it takes a long time to develop that level of expertise. And so, even though it pays well. There's, there's a steep learning curve.
1: Well, and, and again, it goes back to that idea of what do you want to spend your time doing? Because there's a lot of negativity in the law world. It's, you know, you get a chance to see everything that goes wrong. I, most attorneys I know tend to be very cynical, and it's hard for them to put deals together.
0: I they, wonder if if, they're, if cynical people become attorneys or people who become attorneys become cynical. Yes.
1: I don't care how positive you are. I think if you deal with garbage all day long and everything that can go wrong, it's hard not to think about – uh, all of the, the, the possibilities to the downside. And yet and, that's what we pay them for. Right? Yeah, well, we absolutely. Want, that's what absolutely. We want an and and the more optimistic and the more inclined you are to get into things because you see the glass always half full, the more important it is to have those people in your life. The whatever's. Yeah. Because you got to think through because a lot of times we don't even think about things going wrong. We just expect everything to go right. But clearly things always go wrong. And so there will always be a space for a good real estate attorney. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. But yet that's a, that's a, a a tough vocation. Same thing when it comes to say an accountant who wants to specialize in real estate practice. One of the things that we always do is use accountants who actually own real estate yeah, in addition to understand it, because because you know every accountant who studies can can quote the law, but that's not what you're interested in. You're interested in something that really understands, but it takes a while to get there. So when we come back. What we're going to do is talk about uh, some of the various. Uh, we've, we've kind of hinted around, but we'll go through kind of a list of uh, some of the uh, particular career choices you might make and what the pros and cons are. I'll also play a real estate trip. So stay with us. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio network.
1: Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens and you're listening to the Real Estate Guys.
0: Hey, Russ, wake up. We've got a show to do. Huh? Oh, sorry.
1: I was just having the most awesome dream. I found low-cost rental properties that cash flow in a strong job market with prices that didn't fall through the floor during this great recession.
0: Wow, that is awesome. But, you know, you don't have to dream to find a market like that. We're going on a field trip there in just a few weeks.
1: Really? Where are we going?
0: To Dallas, Texas. It's a huge market with great infrastructure and lots of people. Prices are low and rents are strong. And with today's low interest rates, properties cash flow great. And did you know Dallas is projected in the top three of all job markets for 2010? Plus, Texas is the number one rated state for doing business.
1: That's amazing. When is it?
0: That's the best part. It's up to you. We have several dates scheduled, so you can go when it's convenient for your schedule. No matter which weekend you pick, there'll be tours of different submarkets and property types and meetings with local experts, including developers, agents, and property managers. That sounds great. Well, hurry up and register, because space on field trips is always limited. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on Events or call 888-GUYS-RADIO for more information. That's realestateguysradio.com or... 888 guys radio
2: hi this is bob helms they call me the godfather of real estate mostly because i've been investing longer than the average joe since 1957 to be exact back when i started out investing was pretty simple even so i made more than my fair share of mistakes and i can't imagine getting into this game today without some help that's why i'm inviting you to check out the real estate guys investor mentoring club There are three locations to choose from. Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, and Dallas, Texas. To find out when and where, just send an email to guys at realestateguysradio.com or use the feedback page on the website at realestateguysradio.com. Tell them The Godfather sent you.
3: Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com.
0: Ho, ho, ho. Welcome back to the show where The Real Estate Guys, our holiday edition of our program, is focused on a gift to you if you're uh, thinking about uh, a career in real estate, talking about uh, the various careers in real estate and the pros and cons. Before we get back to it, it is time to play Real Estate Trivia. That's right. It's time to give you... An early present. Yes, you uh, will be the uh, recipient of an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, autographed by the authors if you can come up with today's real estate trivia question and get it to us in a timely matter. And so just a minute, I'm going to ask you a real estate uh, trivia question. That's a regular trivia question that has something to do with real estate. The first person with the right answer will win, an autographed copy of Equity Happens, and then we'll take all the remaining correct answers and have a drawing uh, for the rest. And uh, one other person will also win. We do that because many of you are listening via podcast and uh, all the advantage, the the first in advantage went to the folks listening on the radio, and we don't want that to be the only way uh, you can win. So if you're listening by podcast uh, after the fact, perfectly fine, you're still eligible to win a copy of Equity Happens. Find out more at equityhappens.com. All right, before we do this week's trivia question, let's look at last week's trivia question. Last week on the Real Estate Guys radio program, we asked you, which U.S. state has the most national park sites? Now this was fun because there were some people who went to the trouble to compile these state parks but that's not what we were asking it's which most which national parks so that's you know the big national parks which has the most and uh it was kind of a trick question because there are two states tied that each have 8 And so either one was correct, so we gave away a whole slew of books. Uh, Alaska and California both have eight national parks. I knew it wasn't Rhode Island. No, Rhode Island uh, does not. So there you go. This week, here's our trivia question. We always have to think of a holiday trivia question that has something to do with real estate. And I've exhausted every How the Grinch Stole Christmas trivia question. So here we go. We want to know, what's the latitude at the North Pole? Right? Every location in the world has a longitude and a latitude. What's the latitude at the North Pole? Now, remember... There are two North Poles, right? There's a geographic North Pole and a magnetic North Pole. We're talking about the northernmost point of the Earth's surface, which is the geographic North Pole, also known as True North. What's the latitude? If you know, send it to us in an email at trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And yes, you can guess the first person with the right answer and then everybody else who has the right answer will be entered for drawing for their copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. Send that with your mailing address. So if you're the winner, we know where to send the book. And uh, that is today's trivia question. What's the Latitude? at the North Pole. We're talking about a career in real estate, not just real estate sales, but with the various vocations. And so we've talked about some of the things you want to think about if it makes sense for you to consider a career in real estate. Let's talk about some of the vocations kind of quickly and and the pros and cons. The first one we'll talk about is kind of the obvious one, real estate sales. There's generally in most states, there's a real estate broker and a real estate agent. These terms are sometimes interchanged, but they're they're different licensing levels. For instance, in the state of California, uh, Bob, where you're licensed, a real estate broker can do a few things that a real estate salesperson or agent cannot, but for the purposes of, of today's conversation, we'll just say a licensee, someone who's licensed to sell real estate. So what are the pros and cons? Well, the pros, I think, is that there are great opportunities. Everybody you ever meet has a need for real estate sometime in their life. And so your world becomes the pro- your prospect list. Everybody that you know. So I think that's a, a a real pro. I also think the fact that there's unlimited income via commissions. The first time you get a thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar commission check, uh, it rocks. It's great. It's <laughs> great, right? Like you, you, know. And so, so there's that. Po- so that's a that's a, a positive for sure. What are some other positives of the real estate sales?
2: gee, Russ, there's got to be more than one.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. You said being, uh, one of the positives was uh, everybody's a prospect. And I love that. I mean, if, you know, if, whether, you, however you go out into the world, if you're the type of person that doesn't like to go out into the world, if you'd rather stay at home and sit in your office and wait for the phone to ring, you're going to struggle for the most part in real estate sales. So, you know, it kind of goes
0: into matching up your personality. But uh, Oh, I know another one, another pro, is that they give you a really nice car. <laughs> right, there's this impression that real estate agents drive these really nice cars now of course if you look around most real estate agents are three months buying in their car payment but that's another story yeah right part of it is that people judge you by the way you look if you're going to be a successful real estate agent i'm not saying you can't be a successful real estate agent wearing a tank top and flip-flops i've just never met one right even my real estate agent in belize dresses professionally all the time right not a suit and tie but professionally for the area and so people shouldn't judge a book by the cover but they do yeah and so to this day how often are we say at an event Russell we're not wearing suits and ties we are always in suits and ties yeah not cuz we like to but because people judge you by the way you look they shouldn't But they do. People judge you by the car you drive. If you're coming up to talk with somebody about selling their $500,000 home and them paying you a commission that could be tens of thousands of dollars, and you're showing up in a 1987 car that hasn't had new tires ever and squeaks and smokes on the way in, you're not reeking of success. Well, it makes them wonder if you've ever
1: sold anything. Right,
0: exactly. And so I'm not saying that you have to overdo it, you know, go out and get a brand new car, but. There, there is the trappings of that
1: yeah yeah and uh, you know it, it, I think that's true in any profession so I guess you could say that one of the positives is you can go pick up some nice clothes and pick up some nice uh, accessories if you will in terms of electronic equipment things you know little gadgets and they all part of the trappings of uh, success and a lot of that stuff check with your own tax advisor might be tax deductible whereas in your regular day job uh, it may not be
0: right now there's lots of different uh, niches within uh, brokerage you usually specialize in something at the at the highest level you're either you're going to be in a residential business, the commercial business, industrial, retail, resort, Uh, Business
1: opportunities. Business
0: opportunities. There's brokers that deal 100% with churches and houses of worship. There are uh, brokers that deal 100% in golf courses. There are land brokers. There are mobile home brokers. Wineries. Wineries, right. So if you have an area of expertise, uh, and then within that, there's always get rich in a niche, which is beyond the scope of today's program. But finding a a niche within a niche is is huge. So uh, there's lots of pros depending on on which of those niches you pick. And then some of the negatives, I think the biggest negative is probably 100% commission. Most real estate jobs, not all, there are a couple of alternative brokerages that that pay differently, but for the most part, real estate agents are paid 100% by performance. You do 100% of the work all the way through till the deal is closed and the client is allegedly happy and then you get paid. Well,
1: to me, I mean, th- th- being on straight commission, I, I love, I think that that's great. I love being performance based. What I hate is when a deal falls apart and you've got You know, a five figure commission or a six figure commission sitting on it and it falls apart in the 11th hour through no fault of your own. And that's just life in that game. And that's one thing that can be real frustrating. I think one of the other negatives is it's a highly litigious uh, vocation. And so the probability of being sued is high. Uh, and so, you, you know, you got to carry lots of insurance coverages because of that. And that's pricey. And so you have some business expenses that you may not consider when you're sitting here doing your initial plan. Hey, I'm going to get a phone and I'm going to need a car. And also you, know, you need to think about well, how much money might you have to spend on insurance because it could be as big as a car payment or more. Now, now
0: the other thing is you have to also understand that as the market changes, you know, the demand for real estate changes. Although when things are going up, there's sales happening. When things are going down, there's sales happening today. If I was a uh, active real estate agent, I might be looking strongly at the REO market. A lot of these lenders that are taking properties back lists with somebody. How do you get your share of that business? Bobby you did that for a long time. That's a niche.
2: It is a niche. and in, in fact, as you're coming into this game as a beginner, the sort of classic thing that happens is that Agents are taught to become listing agents. Be the one who gets the listing, and then you're always in the transaction. You're always representing somebody. So guess what happens? The older, more experienced agents control the listings. That's fine. So if you're a new agent coming into this game, it's not only appropriate that you work with buyers. Guess what? Right now is a great time to be working with buyers. Why is that? Because buyers are what's in short supply. Properties are not in short supply, opportunities are not, but buyers
1: are.
0: Well, and it's the shortest path to money. Yep. Absolutely. Now, another negative is the amount of time that it takes to get paid, right? It, it's uh, If you sell a house today, you're not getting paid for 45 or 60 days. Let's move over to the loan side, loan originators, not just the originators, a lot of different parts of the loan business. There's the, the loan officer or a loan consultant, depending on, on whether they're who they're licensed by, and a lot of different terminology for who your lender is. But we're talking about the salesperson who's responsible for the loan. Uh, what's great about that is there are generally, um, it's more of an eight to five type of job for many people, not 100% in the residential space, but probably more so than for the real estate agents. Uh, and I think also that uh, there are, you tend to do more deals But they're they're less money per deal as as lenders. What else, Russ?
1: Yeah, you do make less money per deal, but more people are your prospects because of refinancing, although that's less so right now. Uh, You have the opportunity to get leads from the real estate community, whereas it's less likely to be the other way around. So as a real estate agent, you're out there knocking doors and trying to build relationships with the consumer directly, whereas on the mortgage side, you spend a lot of your time developing strategic relationships with other professionals, financial planners, um, lawyers, uh, Um, real estate agents that are going to send you business in addition to developing your own consumer direct business. There's two different ways to get into the mortgage business. You can go through the licensing process and become a broker or you can get a license or you can become an employee of a bank or somebody that operates under banking law and then you don't have to be licensed. And uh, so there's pros and cons in in, in those two situations as well.
0: Now, uh, the challenge is that there are no jobs left for lenders because there are no loans being made. Well, not exactly, but it is very competitive, more so than than ever before. And the rules have changed, which opens up some opportunities that we'll talk about when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment
3: portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you struggling to keep up with your mortgage payments? Whether it's your home, vacation, or investment property, there are loan workout options available. To help you sort through all the noise in the marketplace, The Real Estate Guys has written a free 18-page report called What You Must Know Before Attempting a Loan Workout. In this special report, you'll discover the single most important thing the lender looks for before agreeing to modify your loan. Plus, you'll be able to weigh the pros and cons of hiring a professional versus doing it yourself, and much, much more. All you need to do to get your coffee is email your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com. It's free, it's confidential, and it's yours when you send your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com. Hope is not a strategy. Start your own economic bailout plan today. Get the Real Estate Guys free report, What You Must Know Before Attempting a Loan Workout. Email your request to workout at realestateguysradio.com.
0: Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Guys during this busy holiday season, and may you spend wonderful time with your family and friends around uh, the fireplace and, and the, uh, the the hearth, they say. Today, we're talking about career opportunities in the real estate industry. Uh, with the huge changes that have happened uh, in the mortgage business, it is very difficult to start that business today, uh, possible, but, but you're swimming uphill, Um, I think loan modification has opened up a a huge uh, opportunity for folks.
1: Certainly it has, because in a lot of ways, as we've said before, the loan modifications are really the new refinancing. And so there are so many people out there in loans that they're having a hard time with that have adjustable rates that unfortunately are resetting, you know, after three, four, five years, and the properties don't have enough equity. And so people have problems. And I think the bottom line is in the mortgage space, there's lots of problems. You can look at that negatively, or you can look at that positively. I think there's a lot of opportunity because there's a lot of problem, but you got to come in. You got to be positive. You got to be aggressive. You have to get the right affiliations. Uh, And there's a lot of people who are interested in loan modifications. So there's a lot of people in the space. And once again, it comes down to you and your ability to differentiate yourself through your relationships and through your professionalism. Uh, And then those clients later on, when things straighten out, can become great mortgage clients for you. Uh, So there's always room for for good people in any business. And in an industry where a lot of people have left the business, there's a lot of orphaned clients and orphaned relationships you can pick up uh, because people's guy or gal is no longer there and they're looking for somebody to be their guy or gal. And it's a great opportunity to step in uh, and be a little bit contrarian.
0: Absolutely. And at the very least, if you're considering a career in mortgage, you need to be up to speed with loan modification and have some resources for that for your clients. Uh, real estate appraisal, a changing landscape, but a, still a very necessary part of uh, real estate transactions, highly licensed and regulated. But uh, folks who do that uh, make a good living very often. And uh, there's good demand. In many regions, there aren't enough appraisers. And so uh, that means you have uh, the, the pick of, of clients and, and opportunities. Uh, a lot of specialties within appraisal. Uh, I met a gentleman who who appraises uh, our airports and haunted houses? Mm-hmm. That's one of his specialties. Really, we've had him on the radio show, in in fact, and uh, because he also does a lot of appraising down in Mexico for one of the shows we did. But one of his specialties is he appraises anything that's been haunted. That's interesting, weird. right? So I'm not suggesting that as a career, but but it's but it's interesting. It's a great job if you don't like people you're measuring houses and figuring out data and comparing properties and you don't have to do much uh, much hand uh, shaking and, and so forth. Generally also you'll get your business from uh, the lending uh, community. A general contractor I think is a real estate job, someone that works for a contractor, sure. subcontractor. Uh, a lot of opportunity. I think probably when the market goes down people consider rehabbing their house instead of moving and so probably a lot of opportunity there and a lot of hands on folks get started in, in flipping real estate this way. If you're going to be an investor who likes to buy property and fix it up and you can take a, a interest and perhaps some skills in converting property into better uses. Um, this is maybe a way to take the next step. Get licensed, become a contractor, uh, and and do the work. You know, real estate development, of course, I love that. Uh, that could be a great uh, career. Hard to get started, capital intensive sometimes. You need to have some uh, experience other than that, right? There's a lot of doors into development, I like to say. Some people come, probably the majority of people in real estate development come from the contracting side. Uh, that's not where I came from. I came from the sales side. So people from all different walks get into real estate. Uh, developing. Uh, then there's the, the parts of the business that are work-for-hire, property inspections, uh, escrow, title. Uh, it's slow these days at the title companies. If you're uh, in uh, some areas of the country, title companies perform escrow. Sometimes those are two different companies. Other parts of the country don't have a, uh, an escrow function. It's done through attorneys. But those jobs are are, are sparse today. Uh, but a good salesperson, that's, a, that's generally a salary-plus-bonus kind of a job. I think that property management is an interesting part. Uh, area in many cases you need to be licensed to be a property manager not necessarily to work for one but that's a that's a way that you can really learn the ropes of what it takes to be a real estate investor
2: yeah i I think being an investor generally gives you a different perspective if you're an agent an investor who's thinking about becoming an agent the question you got to ask yourself is why what is the advantage to me? A lot of people think that hey, if I had this, I could save the commissions and I'd get the first shot at the property. Well, that's
0: a, that's a different a different topic, but I think yeah. it's an important one to think about. We get that question all the time. I'm a real estate investor, should I get my license? And, you know, that, that's a pertinent question. I think the answer is a, is a resounding it depends. Exactly. I, you probably should have your license if you're going to sell for other people but it's not it's, all, it's all always cracked it up to be if your reasons for getting your license is that you want to save the commission and have access to the best deals you're probably yeah, making the wrong, wrong reason yeah
2: because what you give up is your arm's length ability and you suddenly put yourself in things for example if i'm going to buy a property from you robert i'm not licensed i don't have to tell you what i'm going to do with it
0: if i'm licensed i better tell you what i'm going to do with it because buying but, or selling yeah, over disclosed exactly. you bet every time that bob writes an offer on a property he must disclose he's a licensed real estate broker. Has to do that. Not not that that's necessarily a bad thing. But and the other thing is you're held to a higher standard. Right. Zone. You'll
1: almost always end up on the wrong end of anything that goes sideways in terms of accountability.
0: Yeah, you bet. I, I would tell people and I, I continue to do this, but who took the, the classes in college, get every course, take every go go sit for the test. Just don't pass it because you don't want. Unless you're going to use the license actively, you probably don't need have your real estate use license. Use it
1: to receive so, commissions. Use it to receive use, commissions. From, from other people. Yep, and there's yeah. there's
0: certain activities that require a real estate license, and then there's some that are. Another you know, subcategory is becoming an assistant. You can be a licensed or non-licensed assistant for a real estate agent, which is a great way to learn the ropes. We talked about you know how do you get started in this business. It's difficult to get started in a 100% commission business. Maybe you know, one of the best agents that I know started as the assistant for another top agent. For years, she was the right-hand person of one of the top 10 agents in the state of California. So guess what happened? She really learned the business, and today she's a very successful real estate agent on her own. So that's another way uh, to, to do it. So, but I think when it comes to property management, you know, for, for years I was an on-site residential property manager. I lived in an apartment building and managed it, and I learned a ton about the rental business managing actively a business. There's also off-site property management. I tell you what, if I was looking at property managers for, for a property and there were two that didn't own any property and there, the third one was a real estate investor themselves, I'd probably give that person the nod because I know they think differently than someone that's just a, a practitioner. So if you're a real estate investor, you already know a lot about property management. I know you know what you hate about it, right? So not not saying that, that that's – it's kind of the – property management is kind of the ugly stepchild of real estate. Nobody wants that job, right? But if you're willing to do that job, you can put yourself in in, a position to, one, learn, and two, sometimes get get great deals. Well, one of
1: our favorite property managers out there, at least in terms of his story, is Ken McElroy, because he started out just managing apartments, and all of a sudden, he got hooked up with uh, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, and they started doing some deals together and and, uh, gone on to make a lot of money as an investor. Well, he still runs his property management business. There's very few people, I think, that can really be excellent at property management. It, It really takes a certain type of personality, and you've got to be the kind of person that isn't afraid to roll your sleeves up. It's a hands-on, dirty job. But um, if you're good at it, you can build up a good portfolio of residual income. To Bob, to your point, you, know, you can be on the inside on some deals when things get ready to get sold. And uh, if you're an agent and you want to list it, or if you're an investor and you want to buy it, Uh, so there's always a lot. There's always room. Of all the professions, I think there's always room for great property
0: managers. Yeah, there there sure is. Plus, just where we are right now in the economic climate and what's happening down the road, there's going to be opportunities for turnaround properties. If you can do that, you can create a ton of value. Well, that's just a a sampling of uh, some of the careers you uh, might consider. How do you get started in real estate investing? Learn, get educated, figure out how to add value. Find a practitioner in your chosen field and take them to lunch, not just an average practitioner, a great practitioner. If you can find the best real estate agent in your area, offer to take them to lunch and say, Hey, if you were me starting out in real estate or appraisal or whatever, whatever the, the, the area of, of the real estate industry is, how, what would you do? That's gold. Those folks know exactly what, what they've been through. And, 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 they, they got to eat, right? So to take a take a top producer to lunch. That's a, that's a great idea. And also, just surround yourself with successful people. There's so many shortcuts. In most of these vocations, there are great practitioners who have developed training programs who will let your business go to the next level, right? When I started out in real estate, I got around some just really super folks who gave me the, the programs and checklists and letters and ideas and campaigns of how to go get business, and it was extraordinary. The ideas that have already been done. As, as Bob likes to say, you don't have to give natural childbirth to an idea, you can adopt one right and so there's so many great ideas starting out today all right if i was a real estate agent i'd get walter sanford's if i were starting over right the things to do for the next 90 days in the business that that would be huge and and of course i'd also sit especially at this time of the year set aside some time to really set my goals for the year this is the time to figure out what you want to do with your life what you're going to want to be when you grow up Well, there you have it, a show from the Real Estate Guys archive. We hope you enjoyed that. We'll have a new show for you next week. In the meantime, check out our site at realestateguysradio.com. Still time to take you and lots of your friends on the Real Estate Summit at Sea, our ninth annual investor cruise. It's happening in April of 2011, and it will be a great holiday gift. So check it out at realestateguysradio.com. Big thanks to our sponsors, to our engineering team for making our show possible, and mostly to you, our listeners. Listener, be sure and spread the word about the real estate guys. Until next week, I'm your host, Robert Helms. Go make some equity happen. The
3: real estate guys brought to you by Paradigm Life, helping you unleash the power of infinite banking. Learn more at be the audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Go to audible.com forward slash real estate guys for your choice of a free audiobook. Suburban Residential. Brand new positive cash flow houses in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct. Asset protection strategies from attorney and rich debt advisor Garrett Sutton. Texas Investor Homes. Discover high yield, low risk, double digit cash on cash returns with interim construction funding. CDA Lawsoner providers of professional assistance with loan modifications and the powerful Rest Report, helping you level the playing field when negotiating with your lender. Find out about these and other fine sponsors under the Resources tab at RealEstateGuysRadio.com. Learn how you can sponsor the Real Estate Guys. Call 888-489-7723. 888-489-7723. That's 888-489-7723. Once again, 888-489-7723, or use the feedback page and realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.
1: If you're like me and thousands of others, you know that the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is a great source for quality content about investing in real estate. But did you know that they also have a book? I just finished reading their book, Equity Happens, and I was blown away by how much I learned. If you're ready to create sustainable wealth through real estate, you need to get Equity Happens. You'll learn, just as I did, about what it takes to prosper in the real estate industry. So don't wait. Make equity happen to you. Order your copy today at equityhappens.com.